Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. Uh, I, have, I have said for years that there should be a show sort of similar to that of the chef shows where people are cooking stuff, where you have mixologists that are skilled in what they do making these drinks and it's on Netflix. And, you know, I bartended for years and never once was I considered a mixologist. And there's a reason for it. I mean, just the art of being able to put sort of like similar to a chef, right. To put together tastes and textures and utilizing tools to get the full essence of a drink is pretty, pretty spectacular to watch. So that's a that's show on Netflix. Cool. Is that so? What's it? It's called. Is that Drink Masters? I think it's called yes. something like that. Yes. Uh, uh, you know what? I think I may um, try to watch that with uh, uh, my partner Eliane over there next week because it. You know, I don't drink alcohol, as you know, but it did. The little preview did look pretty interesting. It's so good, and I like it because it's competition. So they're given certain textures or plants, or I think this this episode is botanical themed. So roses, juniper, I mean, the list goes on. So to see what they do and what they create, to me, that creative process is pretty unique. So I think about, yeah, I bartend, but I'm definitely not a mixologist. I don't even, I don't even have the skill set to think about what, how to emphasize or what to put together that will call out certain liquors, liqueurs yeah. to, so it's pretty incredible to watch. So you, you're lucky I have um, a pause. Uh, it's, it's interesting because, because to a non-drinker, it all, it all looks the same because I don't, I don't drink it, yeah. but just even looking at that preview, looking at, I think I saw something where they're talking about different ingredients. Yes. That's pretty incredible. It's, it's amazing. And, and the styles, because the, these people are from across the country. So you've got one person from San Francisco, Indiana, and um, some are working uh, in bars, some weren't working in bars. It's just a cool, it's a cool show. And you know, you can fast forward through all the bullshit that people like when the chef, when the judges come behind them and what are you creating? I fast forward through all that shit. So I just want to see uh, what they get. I want to see what they're creating and I want to see the taste test by the judges. So um, yeah, there's a lot of cool things. You should definitely, I think Eliane will, uh, she'll enjoy that because she likes a good cocktail. I hope I hope they do, you know, like some of the cooking shows, even like that Iron Chef competition thing. Every now and then, like on Iron Chef, they would do um, like a vegan meal or something like that. So I'm hoping that maybe there's one episode of the drink deal where they say, you know, there's a guy up there that likes posers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we came, we came full, full circle back to the fucking posers. <laughs> Let's make a non-alcoholic drink. For those who want to look like they're grown up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. I was, uh, I was thinking about us the other day because there's this woman on TikTok. I don't know her name. I don't follow her, but she comes up on my For You page. And she has been talking about the things on TikTok that she hates. And similar to how we just say things in life. And the shit that she talks about of what she hates on TikTok. She only started with one part. I think she's on part six now because she's oh. up to like 40 items that she hates what people do on TikTok. And I was thinking about 
how that ties into how we are always talking about things that we hate. I didn't even consider or think about, oh, maybe we should break down on social media what we hate on social media. It was, it's been perfection. If I find her, uh, if she comes across my For You page, I'm going to share it with you. You know what? That's that's a great topic. And since, uh, so our listeners know, we are recording this on Tuesday before Thanksgiving because we normally record on, I don't know, maybe Wednesdays or Thursdays, probably Thursdays, Thursdays or yeah. Fridays. Yep. Yeah, okay. So we're not going to be recording on Thursday, so we decided to do um, today. But I think that's that's actually a great topic. Let me tell you something. I, speaking of TikTok, something I hate about TikTok, and we may have mentioned this before, but I hate people that on Twitter is called a subtweet. And a subtweet on Twitter is you tweet something about someone without mentioning their name, but making it perfectly obvious that you were tweeting about that person. <laughs> right. So that, that's called a subtweet. So it's sort of like if you were in person, you would be talking about someone behind their back, but they're standing right behind you. Right. <laughs> so on on Twitter, you could do that because you generally there's these topics that are just going around that everyone's talking about. And so you generally have a pretty good idea of what the person who the person is referencing, even though it's some sh- shady shit. But on Twitter, I mean, on TikTok, people do that. And it's like, there are a billion users on TikTok. Who the hell are you talking about? No context whatsoever. It's the most right? annoying bullshit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? So then you get, like, it might even sound interesting. And it makes you want to go find, like, what is this? And then before you know it, an hour has gone by, you have learned nothing. Exactly. It takes you down. I go right to the comments. And if it's not full, if everybody in the comment is saying it would be nice if you added some context, then I'm right. not sticking around. I'm go- I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So I've gotten to where something pops up and the person says, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to tag that person. I'm like, okay, I'm gone. Like I'm gone. I don't, I don't want, I don't know. I'm not going to look. I'm not working to find out what you're gossiping about, even though it might be juicy. <laughs> it's sort of, I think this girl said that on TikTok, there's something called a stitch. So somebody posts something, you can stitch it, and then you can make a reaction video to that stitch. Usually usually it happens with Republicans just talking bullshit, and then a Democrat um, will respond with the actual facts associated with that. But she hates specifically when people stitch something and not say a word. So they just make a face to... <laughs> that is so... You know what? Okay. Okay. I agree that's annoying in principle. However, there are some people, and I, you know what, let me just say, there are some Black women that make faces that they steal the show because their faces are so damn funny yes. that you can't even listen to like what's happening because this face this lady's making is making me laugh. But <laughs> yes, yes, I totally agree. Just making faces. Uh, like, oh what? my God. Or, or, no. You know what I hate on TikTok? What about when something has been stitched? So people that don't use TikTok. Stitching is sort of like CCing someone on an email response for you old people. And what about when so 85 people have stitched something and you, you can't even see the screen anymore because all oh, the, <laughs> the screen is just all cluttered. Like, like what is happening? All the comment sections are overlapping. That little bubble overlap. <laughs> Oh, sweet Jesus. And the other one she said that kind of stood out to me or did stand out to me is that people that will say, hey, I only have five minutes. I'm going to be late for my shift. She's thinking, bitch, just record it after your shift. We're not sitting here waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Don't get, I hate that too. I get some juicy stuff and say, "Uh, listen, listen to this. And then they go, oh, you know, I thought I'd be able to tell it all in one video. And look at my next video, and the next video is not there. Oh my god! We could probably spend just like that girl. <laughs> she's probably, you know, we could start out small, but she's on part six. I think she's going to end up being on part seven eventually. But I thought that was funny. I was, uh, I was thinking about that last night because of all the things that we hate. It it ties into that. That is 
hilarious. Okay, so I, you know, speaking of that, I, I, I use, I don't use Facebook a lot, but I do use it. Here's what I hate about Facebook. There's a lot of things about Facebook, right? But one of the things I hate about Facebook is, so say once someone follows you, you get a little notification to follow that person. Yes. And then if you click somewhere on their deal, you can look at their profile because it'll say you have two mutual followers with this person or something like that. But then you click on their profile and then you click on their followers. It doesn't just show you the two people that you may be following in comment. It, and if they have 800 people following, it was like, well, I, I can't go through this list. Who do I know that's following this person? And I, I don't like, I'm not, I don't use it that much. Maybe it's a simpler way to do it. So now I just start going delete, delete. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Like, why would I follow this person? I, it's annoying. And I don't, I'm not a big Facebook fan because if you bring it up all of a sudden it's five days ago, like if it'll say a comment and you'll see the day five days ago. I'm like, why can't I just get the most recent shit? I don't get that. Right. It is the weirdest thing. And so, because Facebook owns Instagram, Instagram was a shit show. Like every other thing that pops up on Instagram is just an ad. It's just an ad. Like it's just a regular ad. And then, and then you may see something from someone and go, oh, this is pretty cool. And then you look and go, just like with Facebook, that was six days ago they posted that. Yes. And I missed it. <laughs> now I don't want to comment because I don't want to be that loser. <laughs> right. Right. Like you're scoping out someone's, someone's whole history. It's like, I just didn't see it. It was there six days ago. Instagram <laughs> didn't present this to me. Oh, that is a nightmare. So look, I, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, is this, there's a podcast called Case Files, and that it is gory, um, true crime, but just gory stuff. But there was a case from I don't know, like 2016 or 17, and the narrator mentioned Snapchat, and I had totally forgotten about Snapchat. Oh, like, and it still exists, right? It does, and you get notifications every once in a while. I hate when you get a notification and it's actually Snapchat giving you a message about what's been updated on Snapchat. What? That is... Yes. I, I don't... I have to check my phone. I don't even know if I still have the Snapchat um, app. Like, I don't even know. That is wild. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I recall, I don't know, three, four, five years ago, Rihanna got mad at Snapchat because they changed their their algorithm to mimic that stupid change that um, Instagram did, where you no longer were seeing things in chronological order. It was just, they were just giving you crap. And she tweet. I remember she tweeted something. I don't use Snapchat anymore. Who's using Snapchat? And that was it. And I, and it's like, they crashed. I don't know if they crashed after that, but I remember reading that they just lost millions of followers when she did that. I don't, I don't, and I, I stopped using it soon after that. And I really just forgot about it. <laughs> it's, you know why people use the Snapchat to get the filters off of them. So then they uh, record something on Snapchat and then put it on, you know, TikTok or maybe reels because they might not have that exact filter you know to be funny or whatever those are normally just on snapchat so people keep that for that reason uh, okay so some of those filters you see on um tiktok are coming from snapchat yes oh okay okay yes i saw, I, I, I saw, I saw a lady she's on tiktok she she was doing you know how they, they do these makeup tutorials yeah and this one lady did a makeup tutorial and she was probably in her 40s, is, is my guess. And she was criticizing young women who do makeup tutorials. And as she was doing her makeup, she was saying, you don't need, you know, you don't need to look like you're coming off a Broadway play. You could just, and then she, she proceeded to do her makeup. And she kept saying, you know, she would use like, this is really basic. I just use this pencil or I don't do this or I don't do this. So then this, this young, and she had, she had responded to this, 25 year old woman who was doing her makeup and that that's just her thing she does her makeup and so then the the 25 year old lady responded and said you know at first she did two responses her first response was she was snarky right back at the lady and it's it's pretty funny because she was talking about she she was doing her makeup as the lady was doing her makeup and she was saying this is why i use this 
this is why I don't use this, your broken pencil that's 20 years old. I use this instead. And she was just going on. And then she did another one that was, it was actually, it was always really pretty, her makeup and everything. And she was saying, it's okay to just say, I'm not going to change what I do and how I do my makeup. I've been doing it since I was 17 and I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And not say you shouldn't do your makeup the way you're doing it because you look bad or it's, it's not what I do. And I thought, you know, that's some of, one of those things that happens on social media that sometimes just let people be, just let them do what they want to do, right? Like you don't always have to chime in and say, I don't like what you're doing. Like you could just scroll by. And, you know, it's like they're prone, people are prone, they have this like necessity to make a comment. And it's usually, if you, sometimes you go to comments because you could get, there's a lot of funny people out there. But if, say a woman is just not the, what a society tells you that they should look like, right? In general, like Victoria's Secret models, then everybody runs to the comments because this woman might be in her 60s and she's missing all her teeth and she's dancing. You know, people will say, oh, I broke my ankle running to the comments. It's, it's an, it's an avenue for people to be these keyboard warriors standing behind their keyboard saying really mean shit for no reason at all i I mean really not a reason to be mean honestly there really is is it and it's not like anyone is forcing you to look at their content right it's just it's just there you can scroll by i see stuff all the time and just go huh i'm just gonna scroll by that and sometimes you see things you go oh that's really nice and you just say oh that was really nice it's really it's really just that simple like everything doesn't have to be an argument like I, I posted something on Twitter this past week, and it was just a really nice thread about um, it was just something really random. Like I posted two photos of my Christmas tree, right? Because you know I got my Christmas tree up, mm-hmm. so I got a new Christmas tree. Lee and I bought a new Christmas tree, and it has um, colored lights, but it also has white lights. You can switch back and forth. So I posted a photo. I just said like, no wrong answers. What's your preference? Um, the colorful lights or the white lights. That's it. Like just that. And there were probably two or 300 responses and they're all just very nice, right? No arguing, no fighting, just people saying what they like. And some people posted photos and stuff. And then there's one guy popped in and go, I hate all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? He was like, I don't care. I hate all of it. And I was like, wow, you know, why would you exert that effort? Just... Somehow I need, I think that might be my future husband. (laughs) And so the guy didn't follow me. So I responded. I was like, hey, you know, this is a really nice thread. Everyone's sort of just having a good time about the Christmas trees. And we don't follow each other. You didn't didn't have to say anything really mean. You could have just gone by. So then the guy responded back and said, you know what? You're right. I'm really sorry. I I didn't have to do it. I'm going to delete that comment. I was like, thank you. And then he responded back and said, I prefer the white lights. I was like, you know what? Thank you for that. Like it, it oh, totally nice. resolved itself. It was nice, right? I think that sometimes people just, it's like you said, that keyboard warrior, you're offline, you could just like spew anything. And sometimes people just like forget, they just forget themselves. It's incredible. Yeah. And then they, it's funny how it's always people that are user 557625321 or whatever, and they have no profile picture. And they, maybe they have two people following them. I mean, Ultimately, right. it's, usually, it's usually them. And I, you know, some level you feel bad. I was, I, I yeah. felt bad the other day because I was watching. Um, are you, are you done with that Twitter thing? Cause I was going to tell you what I was watching. Yeah. Ties yeah. You're feeling shitty. Yeah, go ahead. So dead to me, which is the season. Oh, this, it's back. It's back season three. Um, the final season, they'll, they'll, there will not be a season four. I've already looked to make sure. So I'm not ruining it for everybody. Um, and Christina Applegate, it, and I felt she, she, MS, you know, cause she was recently diagnosed with MS. And I think she was filming this during that time, but she, I felt bad because I was judging her on how she looked. Um, she definitely looks older than what she is. She, um, you know, is she's in a little bit of a larger body. Um, you know, when you're used to the Christina Applegate from, you know, married with children yeah, to yeah. or even, first even the last season of this show. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, it's it was it was a little bit shocking to me. And uh, okay. I felt a little shitty about it because I thought to myself, she was still so fucking funny. And the, the 
The show is funny. It's very heartwarming. It's also really sad. So this season, it'll take a toll on your emotion. But I was thinking to myself, because my narrative, my sister always thinks that I have, I don't know if she's actually come out and said it, that I almost have a fat phobia, that I I look at other people and judge them, which I try not to do, but I think something subconsciously does it. And I was judging her without the ramifications to, to realize that she's fighting a serious disease. And wow. I honed in on her physicality and I was really disappointed in myself. And after I acknowledged that and moved away from it, you know, of course I enjoyed the show and I enjoyed watching her but it when someone changes pretty drastically from who they are it was a natural reaction for me to sort of make a comment not out loud I didn't post anything but I was afraid because of how cruel people are that people were saying stuff about her on the internet I didn't go look or anything like that but um, it was it was it was easy for me to catch that and sort of redirect yeah. my thought process but yeah it, she took it it she kind of it took me for a little loop yeah, that's that. That's interesting how, um, and we're sort of we're sort of we're sort of trained to do that in this country, right? Like we, what we see first, that that's we make our impression. Maybe that's just not this country. Maybe that's just the whole world. But yeah, I I hadn't thought about that. That I know she's fighting multiple sclerosis. She just got a star on the Walk of Fame, and um, I saw a little bit of a video where she is she's struggling to walk, and but she says she felt better. And she had better balance taking off her shoes and letting her feet touch um, the star. And I think that was also because, you know, typically people bend over and kiss it and stuff like that. And she really is battling for her life. And so you're right. She has bigger things going on than whether or not she meets the Hollywood standard. Right. Thin, you know, and, you know, very um, um, just over just overdone in that Hollywood style. So, yep. yeah. And I believe before, even before Dead to Me, I think when she used to have that show called something like, maybe it's about Christine or anyway, some kind of show. But I think she had a double mycectomy as well, yeah? I think you're right, actually. Yeah, I, 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 I think she did. And that's that's probably been 10 years. So she's had a tough go. It's incredible. And she did, she did so, she did just her and the other actress in there, which I can't think of her name, they just did so, it, I laughed out loud, I, I, I mean, I cried. So I, that's a highly recommended show to watch it. They're only, they average from like 30 minutes to 40 minutes, so they're not extensively long. Um, I finished it in two days just because I, I didn't want to rush through it, but um, it was really good. It was, it definitely is sad to see the show go, but they really couldn't go anywhere after this, you know, because it was yeah. all based on that you know, her killing her husband and then finding out a little bit of stories associated with that along the way. So I don't think you could have really made any more of the show. So they ended it on a good note, I thought. Okay, good. So wait a minute, so you watched the season? Oh yeah, I'm done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just going to say you saw the first episode. <laughs> I hear oh. that judging in your voice. <laughs> that is hilarious. Okay, so it's a great show. So just set up for the audience, for the audience. It's on Netflix. These two ladies live next door. They're sort of recent neighbors. And there is a car accident. And the one neighbor um, knows something about the car accident. And, and the neighbor is, I can't think of her name, but she played Hawkeye's wife in the Marvel Avengers movies. And she also played Delma in the uh, Scooby-Doo movies. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. She's, a really, she's a really good actor. And she's the neighbor, and Christina Applegate is their co-star. She's the other neighbor where something happens to her via that car accident. And the neighbor, Vilma, um, knows but doesn't tell her. Yep. And then that, so we follow their relationship with this secret that the one neighbor is hiding. And it's, 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 this is season three, right? This is season three and the final yeah. season. Yeah, it's called Dead to Me, and it is, it, it is really good. I, I, I really... I really enjoyed those first couple of seasons as well. I um I was thinking, you know, last week we talked about the midterms and I, I sent you a message yesterday. Now, because Thanksgiving's coming up and I don't really look at Thanksgiving as a holiday, you know, I don't I don't really recognize and and acknowledge stolen land, you know, maybe some yes. people do, but um, so I don't really celebrate that. Now being around my family is super cool, but when you're 
when you think about, I try to, I try to get some knowledge. Now, maybe I don't have a full understanding of a lot of things. And, and there's things that trigger my, me to go a little deeper. I was thinking about, um, so I, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but ICWA, which is the um, Indian uh, Child um, Welfare Act. So it was established, I think, in like 1978. I could be wrong on my date, so forgive me if I did. And it was actually a an act that was put into place because white folks before 78 would go onto Indian reservations and steal children. Like they yeah. would take children from their homes and then give them and foster them in white families. Um, yeah. Now that's just the gist. There's probably a lot of layers to that. That's just to sum it up. Cause you know, we only, we are only on our podcast for an hour, but right now today it is with the Supreme court that someone's trying to overturn that ruling. Yeah. It's really, it's really sad too. And it, and it just kind of, it shows the power um, it shows the power of white supremacy that a white family has taken their desire to take an, an indigenous child, um, despite what the law says, they've taken that all the way to the Supreme Court to say, we have a right to take this child. And it is, it's really, it's really disgusting. It's disgusting. And I can't even believe that it's not even anywhere on the news. So like when you think about when you when you think about, you know, the the mass shootings, even that shooting that happened at that club, um, the Q Club, you don't really hear much about that shooting. You don't hear much about ICWA, which is I mean, this is to allow white supremacists or white supremacy to show up in indigenous land and be able to take children with no like there's no actual regard for it and what you have to do so so it was established that there's like a chain of events like if a parent couldn't become you know they had to go to the family if the family wasn't available then it was another tribal community if it wasn't a tribal community then it was a second generation tribal like it was so far you know, established that this, that this was put into place and to have that overturned so that you can go into a sovereign land, sovereign, I mean, sovereign land and be able to take children to give to white people. Like I can't even, to even be in 2022, to even have that conversation aligns with the same conversation that we're having that racism doesn't exist. And, and how can we be taking and removing, you know, part of our history from schools to teach what actually happened? It's pretty amazing and and really, really sad. Because you ask yourself, you know, we have in this nation, I want to say, I don't know, like a million or something. There's a big number of children in foster care. Right. And so children available for adoption and a significant number of those children are white children. Right. And why wouldn't you do that? Why would you say, no, we want to go to this sovereign land um, to these people who look, we know the history is brutal and we want that child and we want to change the law. We want the whole law to change to accommodate us taking these taking. They want to get a brother and a sister is 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 what they want. And look, I, look, there is a history in America, and uh, Canada, um, of stealing, literally stealing Indigenous children. And you can look it up. And Canada is re- is doing a huge reconciliation about that right now. They've been doing it for a while. Um, and and going to these schools where, where the indigenous children were taken from their parents, they were placed in these homeschools there, they, they were they were called. And um, in theory, that what they said they were going to do was make them Canadian citizens, right? Take away their culture, strip everything from them. And what they have found, um, and this is really terrible, so trigger warning, they found that many of these kids were killed. Wow. They, and so they found the graves. And so if you go to, I was in Canada earlier this year, my uncle was on a train trip and we were in Toronto. There's a huge museum um, and uh, display. Um, I shouldn't say display, but there's a huge museum that you can see. And then outside the museum, they have um, all the little shoes from the children who were killed. Wow. And there's, I want to say thousands of pairs and that that is the display. It's just 
thousands of pairs. And these are shoes. These are shoes that would fit in the palm of your hand. They're tiny. Oh. And, it's, and they're on the steps of the museum, like eight, nine steps up. And it's just these shoes from these children who were killed. Absolutely, they were telling they were taken away to educate them, to re-educate them, turn them into Canadians. And that same thing happened in the United States. And so there's no reason, there's no reason for that couple to do that other than they are saying that, that they have the right and they should have more rights than the indigenous peoples. They should, they should be able to change the law to accommodate themselves. That is the most selfish, evil, vile thing. And, you know, and that's not just a random couple. Those are, I, I think one or both of them are, are doctors. And they're like in Texas. They, yeah, they are flexing their muscles. And it is, it's horrible. It's a horrible thing. I, I really hope they lose. I really I hope, hope they, they lose. Because they have, they have the brother, I think. So they already adopted the brother. I, we don't know how the brother came into their, to their home, but the mother had another child. And they're saying that the best scenario is for that girl, that child to be with her really only like relative Ooh, or closest relative. Like, I don't know the capacity that you have. I, I, I mean, I've never been a parent, nor am I ever going to be a parent. I would say in general, a lot of people fight for their child on any level. And I, yes. there, there might be some level of like, I think I'm doing this the right way. But to, to ultimately, sometimes you have to remove yourself from a situation to say, this is not right. Like I'm trying to change a law that allows people to actually steal children. I mean, uh. It, it's it's incredible so it, I, I think it was established in 1978 um but yeah i that came up and i've been digging a little bit into that and i was thinking to myself that of course it's texas i mean whatever um i'm not yeah. a big texas terrible. yeah it's terrible so that Ooh. and i talk about that because it's coming up just because of where we are with this you know this day coming up of stolen land on the on the 24th so it made me want to bring that to your attention i didn't know if you knew anything about that or if you heard anything about that but um it definitely is incredibly yep um i i yeah i i hope i really really do um hope they lose like i hope they lose that that's that's why i end on that hey jen so speaking of um netflix and dead to me um, there is a, a new movie, a new Christmas movie. <laughs> oh my fucking bye. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> uh, it's called Christmas with you. And it's a cute little Christmas movie. They're all cute little Christmas movies on Netflix. And I can't think of the, the lady's name. Um, I'll look it up right while we're talking. Lindsay Lohan? I'll, no, but that one is there. And that's a cute little movie too. Oh, God. Okay. But that's a cute little Christmas movie um, as well. And Lindsay Lohan, you know, she's a good actor, and so she's good in that movie. Uh, but this one is called Christmas With You, and it stars a lady named Amy Garcia and Freddie Prinze Jr. And then a little girl, Deja Monique Cruz. And it's a, well, they're all sort of musicals or something, but generally speaking, the, um, the lady, Amy Garcia, is a pop star. And she has had, you know, a bunch of hits and all this kind of stuff. But her record company believes that she's sort of on the downside of her career uh, or that she peaked and they wanted to make a Christmas song. And she's not inspired to until she sees a TikTok video. Oh, God. <laughs> of this girl, this 15 year old singing one of her past songs. And oh. the girl is a sad song. And the girl, um, touch it touches the pop star. So she goes to surprise the girl. And that's where she meets the girl's widowed father, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, want to give away too much of the plot. <laughs> oh, God. Let me just tell you. I'll tell you this, everyone. It's going to end positively. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to die. Gonna everyone's be gonna be happy everybody's gonna find a new you know i was talking to i, I was talking to um one of our listeners danielle and she listens she's in maryland and she thought that us reading 
hallmark titles and the descriptions should be done all the time because it literally as if you go through some of these like there's one i think with um it's called i'm looking it up right now it's called holly and ivy and this one is this is this this is melody who's on her journey to find a job and renovate her new house after moving to a small town of chippewa falls wisconsin after after befriending her neighbor, Nina, and her two daughters, Holly and Ivy and Melody, learn that Nina's illness has returned. In order to keep her promise to make Nina's girls stay together, Melody must turn her fixer-upper into a suitable home. Luckily, she has the help of a local contractor and a potential love interest. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> all those all those sexy local contractors fixer <laughs> upper oh my god okay so you oh. you were just telling our friend margaret that you watched 10 christmas shows already oh yeah oh yeah and they are they are the best and, and you know what the best most look the netflix ones have pretty good production the um <laughs> the lifetime they are it's like they take a camera and they go through Ikea. And <laughs> you know how in Ikea, there will be like our living room set up. It's like that. It's like <laughs> they feel right in that little living room in Ikea. And then they move to the kitchen. It, it's, so, my, so my daughter figured out, she found something online that, that tells you to deal with lifetime Christmas movies. And it's absolutely true. So they're two hour long movies, right? So there's always a um, someone, usually a woman, is working too hard in the big city and she needs to go back to the country to reestablish you know why she loves christmas or something like that or she has to visit you know her family and she doesn't want to go and she works for some big really weird corporation like you know um her uncle's real estate empire or her auntie's art foundation or she's a photographer or you know or museum person it's always weird kind of jobs like that and then she goes home and, and, and that's in the first half of the movie. And then she will, or she just broke up with someone or her fiance died. It's, it's always that. And then the next part of the movie is we're going to meet the new, the new beau, that, that contractor guy or something like that. And they're going to sort of develop a little thing, but it's going to be so, so PG related that eventually they will always have a snowball fight, a sleigh ride, some hot chocolate and a special ornament or something like that. And there's usually a black or Asian friend who's really encouraging her to find true love again. Like that <laughs> usually happens. And then, and then in, the, in the hour and 45 minutes in, there's a miscommunication that breaks up the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone, it's everything. You know, the sweater is off, it's like, the ugly sweaters don't come out. You're not going to go to the big Christmas party or the big, you know, um, art show that's going to raise funds to keep the barn open. That, that none of it's going to happen. But then in the last five minutes, it's going to be resolved. And then at one minute, 58, one hour, 58 minutes, they're going to kiss. And then it's over. <laughs> then the credits roll. <laughs> yep, that's it. You're all just building towards the kiss. <laughs> it is so ridiculous and there's so many people that love christmas movies and these hallmark movies i i know i i'm no 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 so yeah. i you know you said netflix and i i forgot to tell you that i watched um the little movie not little movie that jonah hill did with this therapist called stutz i don't know if you saw or heard about he's a world-renowned or uh, a leading psychiatrist or yeah psychiatrist because I almost said psychologist psychiatrist that Jonah Hill has been working for for years and what Jonah Hill and why he decided to make this film was because his therapy has helped him so tremendously that he knows that not everybody can have it or afford it so he has got his therapist on film talking about the tools that he utilized oh. for Jonah Hill and let me tell oh. you amazing honestly sir it is if if you first of all everybody should be in therapy um and if you can't afford it you know again it's a privilege um there's a lot of books too but this this specific movie had me um 
I mean, there was a lot of aha moments and, and his tools that he utilized and, and stated that I will, and I don't normally watch repeats of anything because I feel like time is too valuable. And if I already know the outcome, why am I wasting my time on it? Um, that I would go back and take more notes because, you know, you're in it, you're listening and Jonah Hill's vulnerability was really spectacular. It's 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 a definitely a hundred percent recommendation for me. I I would watch it. It's probably an hour and twenty minutes, maybe an hour and a half. Um, I did it in two parts. I, I because it became a little like holy shit. This is pretty amazing to how to how to visualize and see yourself and do some work with the person that you resent and being your own person, right? So you're the, he calls it the shadow, um, the person that you sort of held you back and acknowledging that person and welcoming them. It's our, it's, it's so, so good. So I would recommend it to you. Uh, okay. That's a good one. Um, uh, thanks for that. I would like to say I am also right now watching the world cup in soccer. Oh yeah. You guys are crazy oh. watching that shit. Yes, it is. So the World Cup, um, men's soccer, the women's, they alternate years. So it's the men's right now. The U.S. team is in it. They're going to get wiped out, but they are in it. Uh, And it's in the little country of Qatar or Qatar. And it's a little controversial because, you know, the organization that runs the, not the Olympics, the World Cup, international, or FIFA as they're called, uh, Federation International Football Association or something like that. It's, it is just like the Olympic Committee. It's corrupt, right? And so, so just like the Olympic lands in different countries, the World Cup, which is bigger than the Olympics, lands in different countries. But the only way you can get it in your country, everyone knows this, you have to bribe the committee. What? Yeah, you got to bribe the committee. Like, to, have them to-, come to, your, to have them come to your country to do the World Cup. Yes. Okay. You, because you have to have the committee votes and they vote just like with the Olympics. It's, it's like eight, 10 years in advance, right? So Qatar was awarded it right now, but that decision was made like eight years ago or something like that. And so there are people who are upset about it being in that country because that country, that country is just um, an empire of extremely wealthy people and all the workers in that country are imported mostly from India um, and other Southeast Asian countries. And it is, it is um, generous to say that they are indentured servants. And a lot of people say they are slaves. And they are, the country is extremely homophobic. Wow. And they don't allow, you know, drinking and things like that. But when they were awarded the the World Cup, they said, oh, no, we're going to be accommodating to the world, right? We're going to let everybody in and we're going to be um, respectful and all this kind of stuff. And then three days before the World Cup was about to start, they said, no beer. (laughs) Why? No beer. And then there were some journalists who tried to wear um, the rainbow, the rainbow um, T-shirt representing um, the LGBTQI plus community, and they were barred from going in. And oh, then some, my God. Yeah, and a couple of players were going to, from I think from I think the German team, I may be wrong, but a couple of different players, a couple of different teams were going to wear, like, armbands, um, rainbow armbands. And then the, the officials said that they would get a yellow card, which in soccer it means you're one step away from being kicked out of the game and not being able to play the next game or something like that. So it's, it's very harsh. So there are a lot of people upset. There are a lot of Western people who have who are upset about this. But Qatar is saying, well, basically saying you knew you knew the scorpion could sting you when you put it on your back. Like you you knew that nine years ago, but you took our money because you wanted our billion. It's billions. Like you could have bribed in the billions, and so now it's there. So you know, I. I, you know, I'm, I'm two minds about it. They should not have been awarded it, but they got it. And now we're nine years later. So it's been very exciting. So the, it started yesterday, the first couple of games, the United States played and tied in their game. Uh, and so it's, it's a, it's like, it's a tournament. So you have 
five groups of four teams that play. And then if you make it out, that's called group play. If you make it out of that, then you go to the next round and then they become um, sudden death matches. And one win, you go on, one loss, you go out. So the group play that's happening right now, you play three basically preliminary games against the other three teams in your in your bracket. And then the top two teams from the, those four, they advance to the next level. So we're at the group stage right now. So the U.S. tied, and you can tie in this round. Um, England won. France won, but the biggest upset maybe in World Cup history, Argentina, who's always a, a favorite to win the whole thing because they have uh, one of the two best players in the world, uh, Messi is his name. They played Saudi Arabia and they lost. Wow. They lost. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it shook up the um it just shook up the sporting world. Like it, no one, I mean, absolutely nobody saw that coming. They lost two to one. And I, I was checking a line to see what they were saying in Argentina. They are in a, in a they're not, their country is in, in, is depressed right now. It is wild. So anyway, I'm watching that and that goes on for the next couple of weeks. Um, so I'm enjoying that. And then I, I do do a Thanksgiving deal, but for the first time I'm going to do Puerto Rican Thanksgiving. I don't know what that's like, but I'm going to New York and I'm going to be with Elian and her family. So I'm going to experience how the Puerto Ricans do it. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be, so you leave, when do you leave for that? I leave, uh, let's see, it's, I leave in a few hours. Wow. Okay. So, and you guys, are you doing anything for like anything special or are you just hanging out at her place? Um, we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go to a movie, see, um, Wakanda forever together. Um, we are planning to go to, since I'll be there after Thanksgiving and we think, well, we don't think we know all the New York city Christmas decorations will be up in different places. So we're going to, I'm, I want to go do this, some tour stuff and see some of that stuff. Um, but other than that, no, we're just going to be chilling. Wow. Okay. That'll be nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to it. You, you, what are you doing? Are you going to your parents? Yeah. No, actually my sister. So I'm going to go to my sister's. My nephews will be there and we'll just hang out. And then Friday, I don't think I'm really going to do anything. I, I was, I've never been off the holiday weekend. So I'm, I might go do some shopping. I'm not sure with my sister. So we'll see how that is, but nothing too crazy because I mean, there's no need for it. I don't, I'm not traveling anywhere and hopefully do you know how the weather's going to be when you're in New York? It's supposed to be um, really almost like here, like um, in the 50s. We're not, I don't think there's any snow or rain coming in or anything like that, but it's going to be cold. Wow, that sounds terrible. Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'll be back on a few days, and, um, and then Lee and I are going to start getting all our Christmas stuff uh together and all that but i told her you know i, I took her to disneyland and that was her christmas present That's so Good. exactly so i told her you know if you want to just unwrap something you got plenty of um i got plenty of new pot holders socks <laughs> <laughs> tell her to sit out oh. on that nice uh, backyard and those lawn right. chairs <laughs> right you know we're gonna just enjoy enjoy each other's company that's the present <laughs> <laughs> that's how it should be that's to me is that would matter, be right? yeah that would matter to me so that sounds good i think um i i mean when and when are you back um uh, i think it's probably monday or tuesday or tuesday night so i'll be there i'll be there for the weekend and um yeah so we're gonna just pal around because she she being a teacher, she has to teach next week. So I'm going to have some time alone. I'll probably just go exploring New York or something like that until she gets yeah. off work. And then um, on Monday and then Tuesday, uh, by the time she leaves, I'm going to leave in the morning. And I, I fly, but I have a long, like I fly there direct tonight on JetBlue. But when I come back, it's like the best flight I could get was New York to Seattle. You. And yes, like I had to connect in Seattle to come back to Sacramento or else it was like another um, to get back here was going to be a, about $400 more than yes. going. Back. Isn't that crazy? What the hell? Well, and you'll have to look on Tuesday because I think Tuesday is the 
Cyber Monday. Well, we'll just call it. it's the it's the Travel Tuesday. So it's the yeah. it's the, supposed to be the biggest uh, reduction on tickets on the 29th. So if people are looking to travel and you want to buy tickets, wait until the 29th of November to do those tickets because it's supposed to be the airline's biggest sales. They did go down because I I, I come back. I think it's the 29th, maybe even the 30th. Oh. Um, but yeah, it did go down, but it was required. And Sacramento is just such a, it's, it's just not the big location. I know. And I had to connect either in Minneapolis, Denver, or Seattle uh, to get the best prices. The prices did go down, but to get, the, to get those prices, I had to connect. If I went direct, it went up. Wow, damn. Yeah. And it's funny because it's, it's a hard decision because I could, I could go to New York or so like San, the Bay Area. You could go to multiple airports. Yep. And if I had gone to the Newark airport, I would say, but it's still to take an Uber to her apartment is a hundred dollars. Oh, right. right. Yeah. You just, it, you get it. You, you're going to pay it somewhere. They'll like, find you at some point. Yes. So yeah. Hey, so what about your nephews? You doing anything with them for the holiday or anything? No, I think, um, you know, they give me their long list of, you know, Christmas wish. And my one <laughs> nephew, <laughs> he jacks, he broke it down per person. Like, here's the things that you, Auntie Jenny, here's the things that you can get me. Grandma, here are the things that you can get me. Like, That's so funny. that we didn't overlap. That <laughs> They're totally at that age. Like, God. Yeah, so, that age. Yeah. yeah, I asked my daughter, I, I asked her, I said, well, if you want, if you were to get one thing, what would you want? She said, she didn't really want anything. She said, I have everything. And I said, well, I always get you a book. Like, I always get her a book or something like that. Um, but she was fine. She said, no, I know we went to Disneyland and stuff. I don't need anything. I thought, you know what? She reached that age. Like, I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I prefer, I mean, my mom loves Chris, the, the holiday time, Christmas. She loves giving gifts and, you know, gets our list and everything. And um, although I wish we could just say, hey, why don't we just everybody keep their money? And when we go to Mexico and in February, you just get what you want there. But it's so special to her that it makes it enjoyable because she loves her. My dad, I mean, specifically, my mom loves to do that. And I know my dad is super supportive of it. So it's nice to to have that because she decorates, gets the, the house all cozied up with a bunch of Christmas stuff. And it's, it's been that way since I've been a child. Like the thing I can re remember about Christmas is my mom took a day off of work and she would decorate the house. And then, you know, the holidays, even though my parents, you know, struggled financially, they never had, I never felt that we struggled. I mean, the holidays had presents coming out from the tree that you just, you, you think about now, cause you don't know as a child, you just think about, yeah. wow, that's, that's pretty significant considering that, you know, they, my parents were not rich. So I always remember those little special things. I don't like decorating because somebody has to take that shit down and I don't want to, I don't want to store it anywhere. I don't want to take shit down. <laughs> hey, hey, before we go, we, we were talking last week about um, uh, vegan meals and everything. And so since you'll be somewhere for Thanksgiving, not a uh, uh, celebration or acknowledgement from you, but I imagine you're going to have some uh, vegan meals, snacks, or dishes on that day. What are you going to have? Um, I have a turkey um, out of, I think it's, uh, maybe it's pea protein, but it's a tofurkey, we call it. And it oh. looks like, even my sister last year ate some of mine. Um, it comes with gravy, and it's stuffed with cranberries and mushrooms and, and stuffing. And then Daya, which is a a brand that makes the cheese that I like, or I shouldn't say cheese. Well, cheese with one E. Um, yeah. They have a pumpkin spice pie that is Ooh. really spectacular. It's so good. And then, you know, my sister will make some potatoes and there's some vegan butter that she picked up and I'll, I'll experience and, and have what everybody else is having. It's hard. And if I'm not going to lie, it's hard to be around it, you know, when you know, yeah. you just know, and when you see it, it's hard to, to be part of that and watch people eat it, but I can't make decisions for everybody else. So I try to just sort of disconnect from it and, and just partake in the family. What do you, are you making, are you guys having food there? Are you guys going out to eat when you get to New York? What are you doing? So we are going to, um, we're going to leave New York city. Her, her aunt, her mother's sister 
lives in what's called Rodland County. And uh, so like a suburb of New York, it sounds like to me. And so she is hosting Thanksgiving dinner. And so I don't know, like I've never had Thanksgiving with the Puerto Rican family. And so I don't know what, I don't know what the food's going to be, but I told Ellie, I said, look, look, I will eat everything. Like whatever your aunties cook and serve up, I'm going to eat it and tell them it was the best thing I ever ate. Because, you know, you're just a guest, right? You just... <laughs> yeah, you can't, be, taught... you can't be turning up and looking, turning, saying nah. this isn't good. No, you can't. Nah, nah. I, I, I was taught, like, just take a bite. Like, just take a bite. Now, I, I know you're vegan. You wouldn't do that. But right. I would just, I am just going to be respectful and I'm going to enjoy it and just, you know, be, you know, just be a good guest, like that kind of deal. I'm not going to be a pig person. I'm just going to be a good guest and just enjoy whatever, whatever it is. That's nice of you. I mean, yeah. and we didn't get to, we should have started, which we didn't do again, um, was talk about one of your books again. Do you have a few minutes to give us a little teaser? I do. So I, yes. Um, so I just announced today, I don't know if you saw it. But I just announced my next two books. I did not so see that. I, it just came out because my life wasn't stressful enough. So I wrote two books at the same time. Oh, my God. Which, what are they going to be? Okay. So one is, I'm really excited about this one. It's called Ride Overshare. Um, and it's a book about my ride share driver experience and all the stories I collected from writers. And so it's called Ride Overshare. Interesting, fun, and unbelievable sto stories from backseat writers. Wow. Yeah. So that'll be out. Um, we're shooting for uh, December 15th. Um, and then my second one, you recognize this a little bit. It's called Coffee Grounded. Oh, yes. yeah. It's a reflective journey through friendships, stories, and delicious drinks. And oh, that, one, yeah. that one is about me having a coffee crisis and not knowing what I wanted to drink and me then querying all my friends and family about what they drank for a, um, a go-to drink that was non-alcoholic. So coffee, tea, those kind of drinks. And so the book chronicles uh, my own sampling of my friends and loved ones' drinks and connecting, writing little stories about the drinks that connect to the people, where they're from and things like that. So um i finished I, you know that one you know i've been working on that for years years um, but i finally i finally finished it and my right share over share i finished that and so the coffee book is probably going to come out first and that i think that will be maybe the end of the first week of december and then my um right share over share right over share uh will come out um about mid-December uh, the goal was to get them both out in time for Christmas that is so great and I love both of that because you know you and I've had I first of all I love when you did when you drove for Lyft um yeah. and Uber Uber and all that and yeah. I loved hearing some of your stories so it's going to be really great to see the writing and the coffee one to this day will pop up on my Facebook when you did mine that I just can't believe how much just by drinking that, how it captured, you know, your thoughts around me and our friendship and then gave a little history of where I was born and raised, which was in Wisconsin. And you, you talked a little bit about something tied back into those roots. I, it's really magnificent. And I'm excited to, um, to, to read the rest of those. Cause you did post those for a little while. Just every time you did it, you posted it and they were just so well done. Yeah, thank you for that. It was it was a it was a fun it was a fun little experience. I I mean it, it took a long time, but I was just collecting drinks and things like that. And I just I think I think I started that book I want to say five or six years ago. And then this year, when I started writing the other book, the Ride Share the Ride Overshare book, I needed a break from writing that. And I thought, you know what? Let me go back to my coffee book. I, I was calling the coffee book and. I got really re-interested in it. And I, just, I, I went to my editor and I went to a different editor because I have two editors. And I said, I want you to exclusively work on this and get this done. And then my longtime editor who was working on my other book, I said, you know, I want 
this one to get done. And I was doing them both. And it got confusing and stressful at times, but they're, because there's such different writing and the, the, the coffee, tea, drink one, it's not a recipe book, but it just, it may be like a people recipe book. And I, yes. I think, yeah, I think people, I think people are like it. It's, it's very unique. I don't, I, I've never seen a book like it. And so um, I think people are like it. And then the ride share, the ride overshare book is just, you know, I, I used to tell you some of the stories that, that when you're driving ride share, it is like, I imagine with bartenders, people tell you their stories. Yeah. They tell you their stories and there's these short little relationships with people that don't always have an ending because they're in your car and whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and then it's over and you get what you get. And so some of the stories are just fun, lightning, enlightening, remarkable, scary, sad, and they're all there. I, I, and I think, I think readers will love them. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for um, that. I can't believe you're doing two at the same time, but you know what? You're always one of those overachievers. Yes. Thank you for that. And, and, if, and so thank you for that. And then today, Dear Dean Magazine came out because it's out every month on about the 22nd. So if you're not subscribed, subscribe at DearDean.com. And it's a free magazine. It comes out every month. And it's not just me writing. I get contributors from all over the country who contribute articles. And there's a lot of really cool things in there this month. I think you're like, I'm excited. And I, I, I wish that you and Elian have an amazing like holiday and you're able to be there and spend some time with her so that, that, I mean, just to, just to showcase that long distance relationships can work. I mean, you guys are on opposite coasts and you make it, you make it work. So that's pretty amazing to watch. Yes, yes, yes. Very much. So I hope you have a wonderful time and we will pick up uh, in a week or so. This is episode 32. Listen to us, share, uh, rate us, review us, let your friends know about us. Find me at uh, all the social media under my name, Myron Clifton, Myron J. Clifton, and DearDean.com. I'm on all the social media like that. Hit me up, say hi. I'll respond when I can. And uh, Jen, where can people find you? You can find me at Jen Van Lan and Veg and Big Button a Smile on TikTok. Jen Van Lan and Veg is on IG. And then on Twitter, I am the redhead, redheaded vegan. Yes, I love it. Have a great, a great time with your family next couple of days, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Peace out. Peace.